With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. More money, more money, more money. What's happening, everybody? Happy Saturday, and welcome to the People's Propcast. I am your host, Memphis, a.k.a. Nick Giorgio, a.k.a. Mr. Propodopolis. But you can find me on Twitter, at DWZMemphis. And it is time for some Week 10 Props. Coming back, 2-1 last week. A little bit of bad luck in that one. We're going to jump into it in just a second. I want to remind you that we are brought to you by the fine folks at mybookie.ag, the official odds provider of the People's Propcast. You can check them out by going to mybookie.ag or you can hit pause on this fine podcast and hit the hyperlink. It'll take you right there. That promo code DWZMemphis will be pre-populated. You get it all filled out. Boom, you're up and running in time for Sunday's games. If you happen to run into any issues, if you have any issues at all, you can DM my buddy, our medical professional, Dr. Kyle. You can hit his DMs at DWZ underscore Dr. PT, and he can help you get any technical or glitch type issues worked out. He's pretty darn good with that stuff, and he's helped quite a few people with issues. Let's jump into a quick, a quick recap of last week. So last week we went two and one. A little bit of bad luck with the LaVisca Chanel over three and a half receptions. So we had one really early in the game and then winded up having some hamstring issues. Some hamstring issues so bad that he is already listed as out for week 10. Kind of kind of sucks to see. It's always a, a bit of a narrative to stitch his production together with someone else's but the guy that he had slowly been replacing, at least from a snap share standpoint, in Chris Conley, it looked like he was well on his way to playing the snaps required, especially in a game that was pretty competitive. The Jags were supposed to lose pretty handily to the Houston Texans with the, that point spread, but Jake Luton looked pretty good, and I really think LaVisca would have hit that number. No crying, no crying in the milk, because we ended up going 2-1, and one. Our other two bets were Antonio Gibson over 17.5 receiving yards. My man did that on the very first play from scrimmage for the Washington football team. That took a lot of sweat out of that one. And then my man Stephon Diggs over 70.5 receiving yards. He had that locked up by halftime. Stephon Diggs is an absolute beast. Depending on how some of these other props we're getting ready to talk about go, I might jump back in on Stephon Diggs. The number this week that I've seen in a couple of different shops, it ranges from 79 to 84 and a half, which feels very doable in what should be a shootout with the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona 
Cardinals. I'm only going to hit you with a couple of props that I like this week. Uh, the first one is Nick Mullins over 252 passing yards. A San Francisco quarterback has hit this number plus in six of their last seven games. Uh, and this is San Francisco's season on the line. If they don't win this one, it's might as well pack them up, pack them in. I don't know that they win the game. I do like San Francisco from a betting standpoint. Another game I'm looking. If I can get them plus 10, I believe I'm going to get it on that. But on the prop, feel very confident that Nick Mullins can get that. And just think back to that Thursday night game, the last time that we saw the 49ers on TV. This team will not give up. They were down 24 points, and they took the last minute and drove down and scored a garbage-time touchdown that cost your boy here at the over. But that's neither here nor there. So I like the fact that they could get 60 or 70 passing yards in the last two minutes of the game just because. So they're going to play it hard to the bitter end. I like that. And so for that reasons, I do like Nick Mullins over 252 passing yards. Another one that I like was Robert Woods. Now you're going to hear more about this game in a little bit, but over 59 and a half receiving yards. Again, uh, the Rams and the Seahawks are the second largest over under of the weekend at about 54 and a half depending there's there's three games between 54 and 56 and this happens to be one of them on top of that Shaquille Griffin one of the best cornerbacks for the Seahawks is out for this game as is safety Quentin Dunbar just everything really seems to be favoring this and this feels like a really low number Seattle on the season is giving up 362 passing yards a game. And to ask Robert Woods to essentially get one-sixth of that feels feels like a very good number. Another one I may get down in the afternoon. Speaking of that Seahawks and Rams game, that is my first actual bet. This one came from FanDuel. I couldn't get a number better at mybookie.ag. But Jared Goff over 289 and a half passing yards laying a dollar 10 on FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's talk about their opponent Seattle. Seattle is dead last. That's right. 32nd versus the pass against everybody. I mean that they've played good quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks. The worst quarterback of the season was Kirk Cousins, 248 yards. And that was on a pretty rain-soaked night in Seattle. This game, we won't have to worry about that. It's going to be played inside the Dome at the new SoFi Stadium in L.A. No weather concerns. Uh, just horrible. The, the, the Seahawks have given up 2,900 yards passing in eight games. I mentioned this earlier in the Woods prop, but 362 passing yards a game. They're number 10 versus the Rush. And I, I think teams like Buffalo last week laid the blueprint on how to play the Seattle team. You don't run much against them. They are 10th versus the rush. And that makes sense. They've got really good linebackers, whether it's, you know, KJ Wright or Bobby Wagner, the rookie they drafted, Jordan Brooks. I mean, does not surprise me at all, but they don't get a lot of pressure and they give up a ton of yards in the back end of that defense. I absolutely love this one. This was one of my bigger props of the year. And I love the number. DraftKings is a little bit more expensive at two ninety two and a half, lay a dollar twelve. So I got I got better number, I got better juice, and I just look at the rest of the quarterbacks that have played Seattle. Um, the next lowest after Kirk Cousins' passing total of two hundred and forty eight yards was two hundred and ninety nine. They virtually are a lock 
to give up 300 yards passing with this defense. And the nice thing is, is you can you can expect a shootout. Russell Wilson and the offense is going to do everything in their power to make sure that they they keep up. It's the number one offense in the league with the number one worst defense in the league. I love this prop at FanDuel. Jared Goff over 289 and a half passing yards. My next one, my next like of the day is Joshua Kelly of the LA Chargers at the Miami Dolphins under 53 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined. Now this is a DraftKings prop. Uh, I am laying a dollar 12. I don't love it, but because I have to do so much research, this this was the the best number I could find in a very short time. The Miami defense is actually pretty solid against the run. They've given up 791 yards against the rush. That's 98 yards per game, and this defense continues to get better. Uh, I know they do have a couple of offensive, excuse me, defensive players out. Uh, I've read Van Oy is out, as well as Christian Wilkins, the the defensive tackle. I, I still like this bet. Josh Kelly is averaging 3.2 yards per carry. And he's got 91 carries on the year, so he's averaging about 10, 11. I'm a big fan of Olympic-style scoring. That's where you throw out their best game and their worst game and average the rest. And if you do that with Josh, he had 23 in a game, and his low was 8. So if you throw those out and average the rest at 60 in six games, boom. Uh, he's, he's really a 10-carry per average player. That would put him you know, 30, 33 yards rushing at his current yards per carry and he's only been getting a couple of receptions so overall he averages 47 total yards per game on the season and I continue to think that the the Chargers are going further away from him they activated Kalen Balaj last week from the practice squad Troy Main Pope looks to be cleared from his concussion and it just feels like a three-headed monster back there so for those reasons I am digging and have already bet Joshua Kelly under 53 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined. Last one of the week for me, this is a two piece. So this is a two for one on the same player. It's Jalen Rager over 37 and a half passing, excuse me, 37 and a half receiving yards and 3.5 receptions. I bet over on both laying $1.12 at DraftKings. Couple of things. Carson Wentz and the Eagles, because technically it's an Eagles stat because Jalen Hurd has also attempted some passes, but the Eagles as a team have attempted 307 passes in their eight games. That is 38.5 attempts per game. This is a carryover from last year as well. They were one of a handful of teams to have right around 600 passing attempts last year, so very on brand for the Eagles and this pass game. Now, let's get into some Rager stats. He has only played three games this year, but in three games, he has had four targets, four targets, and most recently, he had six targets. So they're definitely wanting to get him involved. The weird thing is on DraftKings is that you can get Jalen Rager over 37.5, or you can get Greg Ward over 33.5. It just really felt like felt like an odd number. Now, let's talk about the the team they're playing, the New York Football Giants. This game's going to be played in New York. Actually, it's played in New Jersey at the Meadowlands. And the weather tomorrow is going to be cloudy. There's a chance of rain in the afternoon, but nothing like we're going to see in Cleveland tomorrow afternoon. So that's not really a concern. The temperature is going to be in the high 50s, low 60s. 
And these two teams just hooked up a couple of weeks ago. You remember that Thursday night game? Well, in that game, Carson Wentz attempted 43 passes, and he had 259 yards passing that game. And then the New York Giants defense, 19th in the league against the pass. They're giving up. They're 19th in the league, excuse me, against passes attempted against them, and they're 25th in the league in yardage allowed on their passing defense. Conversely, they're actually not too bad versus the run. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with some of the defensive acquisitions, but they're 19th in, excuse me, they're 11th against uh, rushing attempts, so they don't give up a ton of rushing attempts, and they're sixth in rushing yards allowed. So weather's not an issue. This is a more of a, a favorable passing matchup than a rushing matchup. You add all that up, and I, I see an easy, none of them are easy. They're never easy until they're clear, but I see a good opportunity for Jalen Rager to go over 37 and a half receiving yards and over three and a half receptions. I feel like I, I feel like I'm basically guaranteed to get one. And there's no guarantees. It could be like LaVisca last week where he gets hurt and uh, you get nothing. That's the one problem about overs is that when you're taking overs, injury is not on your side. I've been burnt by that a couple of times this year. I can think to the Kenny Galladay game against the Colts where he hurt his hip and had zero catches. I can think of just last week with LaVisca. And there's going to be more, but that's part of being optimistic. But if I'm going to go, if I'm going to go over under like on a season, a season long prop, then it would have to be a really low number because for a, a non quarterback to stay healthy all the way through an entire season, it doesn't happen a lot. Most, most skill position guys seem like they miss a game, at least one, if not a couple, but in, in these single-game sample sizes, I don't mind shooting at overs. One thing I will tell you, there are other juicy numbers out there. I just, I, I'm a juice snob. I, I can't pay a ton of VIG. Some of these are like, man, that's a great number. But you're laying a eighty to win a dollar. And when you're already getting the worst of it, betting overs, and now you're paying almost eight times the normal one, you know, you know, 10% juice, it just really makes it tough. So, if you comb through there, you'll find some good ones. If you have the stomach to lay that heavy juice, good for you. I do not. I try to find minimal juice with maximum upside. So that is this week's People's PropCast. Make sure you stick around. When I'm all done here, you're going to hear a separate intro. And that's going to be my boy, Matty Big Chest. He's going to give you a little flex appeal, a little flex option. He's going to flex on them. Over on the uh, Flexmaster podcast with Matthew Big Chest, aka Matty Pool. Check him out on Twitter at Matty Big Chest. And on behalf of the whole crew, hope you have a great week 10. We'll talk to you next week here on the People's Propcast. Welcome to Coffee Talk with your host. I'm the man. Let's talk about it. I'm sick of you being rich and you still mad. Let's talk about it. You know what? I'm going to fucking knock you out. You know, I am done talking. All I just need is some a buddy to show up. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. Um, you were you were an amazing uh, trash talker in your day and, and still are to this day. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> you talking to me? You talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to?
All right, we are live. It is week 10 of the NFL season. Thursday night football has happened, and it was very fun to watch. I had a I had a blast watching it last night. Did you did you watch it last night, Kyle? Yeah, it was uh, you know, a little bit of a nail biter of a first half for me. As if you listen to the the fabulous big bet this week, you knew I liked them Colts to get in a point or two. I got them at two. Um, I got them at one. Then I saw them get to two, and it doubled down on my bet there. So yeah, they ran away with it in the second half, and that's that's sort of what I expected. I just figured this Colts D could handle the Titans offense, and I didn't think the Titans would be able to get enough pressure on Rivers to make him look, you know, every bit of thirty eight, thirty nine, or sixty four, whatever age he is these days. Yeah, Rivers looked his old self, and it was awesome to watch. Naheem Hines had a really good game again. That man is a baller. Uh, he's a league winner if you have him. You know, he's going to continue to get touchdowns. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, man, for dynasty purposes, you got to hold him. But we're going to talk about our flex players, our QB starts of the week, our running back starts of the week, our wide receiver starts of the weekend. Maybe we'll touch on tight ends, probably not. Uh, I know Kyle has a name, so we'll, we'll touch on a tight end or two. That sounds a little wrong, but um, – <laughs> Let's let's move on to our quarterback starts, man. First one I'm going to talk about is is an obvious one. It's Drew Brees versus San Francisco. San Francisco's defense is banged up. Just he's going to do what Aaron Rodgers did to them. So that's that's one of the names that I'm going to say. And I'm going to, I'm going to bounce it over to you for your next one. So yeah, I got I got one sit, and well, I got a couple sits, but I got to start at every position for the week. The quarterback start of the week is Drew Locke. Drew Locke is chucking it downfield at an astronomical pace right now. And he's going to go going against the Las Vegas Raiders this week who have not done a good job of shutting anybody down. And the weather there should be beautiful. Uh, again, if you, if you watched or listened to the fabulous big bet, you know, Memphis is on that over. Therefore I'm on the over. Cause when Memphis drops a big bet, I am on it because Memphis is killing it with them. Um, so yeah, drew lock this week against the Vegas Raiders. That's my start. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of my guys who's a DFS bargain. You can get him for very cheap on DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, so he's a quarterback that I would be playing. He, I think he'll have a top five finish. Um, my next one I want to talk about was Tua versus the LA Chargers. This is a big matchup. Justin Herbert versus Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I think that Tua is very talented, and you know, without much game tape on him, he, they're going to be able to do a lot with Tua, and he's not going to be. It's not going to be like. It's going to be a very strict game for Tua, but the LA Chargers are going to be guessing at every single throw he does because they don't know what he, what his tendencies are yet, whereas the Dolphins could probably figure out Herbert's tendencies. I'd expect Tua to have a good game, and he's a DFS bargain as well for me. Um, next name is Jared Goff for Seattle just because he's playing Seattle. Uh, that's a big start for him. He's He should have a good week, but you know who knows? Maybe Pete Carroll just locks down for one week a year against the LA Rams and just destroys them. Uh, what do you think <laughs> about Jared Goff? I, I love it. Did you hear uh, apparently Pete Carroll had a, a sound bite after the Buffalo Bills game last week about how he had this great defensive game plan for the Bills if they came out running it? He must have no idea what's going on with his defense because they he should know by now that they can't stop the pass. So maybe he should figure out how to stop the pass before worrying about the run. I don't think it's going to happen this week, especially with the Rams at home in uh, what what – is likely to be a shootout that over under is like, you know, mid fifties. Um, yeah, I'll be starting golf in a spot or two. Um, and then, and then the two one I love as well. Cause I'm on that chargers dolphins over this week as my big bet. So yeah, I love the starts. Let's um, move on to your sits. sits. Yeah, I want to hear so it. Here's my sits. 
not not that he's been great, but yeah. Mm. Matt Stafford is uh is definitely a sit this week. It looks like Kenny Galladay missed practice again today. I the the over under is off the board uh everywhere I look. I want to say when I saw it earlier in the week it was like mid 40s. So this does not have the makings of a shootout. This Redskins front seven will get after Stafford. And uh-huh. if they're without Galladay, I don't think it's, you know, maybe I, I think I still like the Lions in this game, but there's so many more, so many, so many better options. Um, and then another, another potential sit in one quarterback and two quarterbacks, super flex, probably not sitting on Deshaun Watson. This, this game over under opened at like 53 or so on, uh, on Monday. And it's already down to 47 and a half on my bookie because the wins, I don't know what they are expected to be at this moment, but I I think upwards of 30 to 40 miles per hour. And that will make for an ugly, keep it on the ground, check down, turnover type game. So if you, if you got a a golf lock or two uh, out there, you're probably looking at them over Deshaun Watson this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to agree with you on that one. I think Sidney Stafford's a good idea. Another name I'm going to say is Kirk Cousins because they're going against the Chicago Bears. Uh, he's going to get <clears throat> under probably 200 yards, but he's going to have a couple touchdowns. Uh, he's not going to have a QB1 performance. Expect the the heavy run game with a heavy play action to Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith. Um, Irv Smith is my tight end start of the week. Uh, little Little spoiler for you guys there. Um, only only but, issue there is um, somebody somebody in the Patreon just dropped this is he, Irv had either a limited or sat out practice with a groin. So keep an eye on that. Otherwise, I was mm-hmm. about to write down Irv until I heard that in the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Thanks, whoever gave us the heads up. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Dang. I didn't know about that. Uh, uh, Hawkinson's out with a toe injury. He did not practice yesterday. So that's another name to be He, pr- uh, he practiced today, of. though. <laughs> he practiced today. That's good news. Then I'm starting him yeah. everywhere because that man has the yeah. safest floor in football. Um, and then we'll move on to our running backs because I don't really have a QB sit other than Kirk Cousins. Uh, my running back start of the week is a Washington Redskin, but he's not your guy. It's Antonio Gibson. This is one of my favorite rookie running backs, and he's going against my one Detroit of, Come Lions. on. He's, he's your favorite. You know it. He is my favorite. Uh, you know, right, right behind DeAndre Swift, maybe. But mm-hmm. he is my favorite rookie running back that's not on the Detroit Lions, Fire Matt Patricia. And he's going to have a good game because he played wide receiver. He can line up at wide receiver. What can the Lions not stop is crossing routes. And that is one of the things Antonio Gibson's great at is just getting a crossing route and taking up field for 40 yards. And he's going to do that consistently against the Lions because that's what Ron Rivera is going to game plan. Um, do you want to touch on the other running back? Yeah, so I'm also going with somebody in the Washington football team backfield, J.D. McKissick. He had 14 targets last week, nine receptions. That's 38 total targets over his last five games. Gibson has been good, but they haven't given him the keys to the third down duties yet. Uh, that's that's McKissick's role, and he will get those checkdowns. He will get the design screens. Uh, it, it sounds uh, They do use McKissick and Gibson on the field at the same time too, mm-hmm. correct? Um, yeah. So – this and this Lions defense is the worst in the league <laughs> as as it comes to um, giving up points to fantasy football running okay. backs. I, I just want to say there was a stat today that I saw, and it said that the Lions against NFC North teams when they're running the ball is the worst in the NFL. But when they play a team that's not inside the NFC North, 
they're one of the better teams against running defenses, which I don't understand. I don't get that. Maybe it's just because I mean, the NFC North is in their head. But well, that's inter- it's interesting. That's funny because I was talking on the big bet this week about like you know Memphis and I t- always talk about like what a number means and so like a total number or an average number is a story about a bunch of numbers but like you said sometimes you have to look beyond the numbers yeah look you're playing you know in the nfc north you got dalvin cook aaron jones and when he's healthy david montgomery who's who's not a top tier running back but as far as you know if you're telling me he's the third best running back in a division like that that's you know that's that's three relatively let's call Montgomery he's probably a top 15 or 16 yeah yeah exactly so then you got you know Aaron Jones and you know Dalvin Cook's in the top three or four probably Aaron Jones is in the top six seven and then you got another so yeah I I I buy that um but I'm still on (laughs) I'm still on McKissick and Gibson this oh yeah Yeah. I started I started JD McKissick last week um just putting it out there flex master over here uh but I think JD McKissick is also going to have a good game and for my other start of the week is DeAndre Swift against the, the Washington football team. I think that he's got, he has seen increase in snap share, and he's going to see an increase in targets this game because Stafford's going to get pressured a lot, and they're going to just do some dump-off screens to Swift. And for PPR, that is good news for Swift. So I think that Swift is going to have a more substantial role against the Washington football team. We might see some Adrian Peterson because that's his old team, but I think Swift is a good start this week because he'll get you at least 10. I love it. In uh, I, you, I'm sure I probably tagged you in the trade, but in one of my the, so I'm in three dynasty leagues, and the one that I have a shot at, I just moved Ezekiel Elliott, who's on a buy, and Frank Gore in the fifth. So you know, uh, Penny's over there. Zeke and Penny's for uh, DeAndre Swift and Sterling Shepard, and mm. you know, I, I think it's only a matter of time before Swift's value is greater than Zeke's in. Dynasty oh, yeah. football, there's, you know, I, I still think, like, Zeke hasn't been himself this year, whether it's the O-line, whether it's Dak being injured. Man, mm-hmm. that man had COVID. I, you know, we have a small sample of NFL guys who've gotten it at this point, but I I won't discount that. So, you know, maybe he bounces back next year, but, they you know, they, and they haven't even figured out how to get him really involved in the offensive scheme, which is ridiculous because he's one of the highest paid running backs in the league. Um, so, yeah. yeah I'm, get 100 I'm, I'm million. On, yeah, let's get let's get Swift going this week. I got him in a few yeah. spots. I, I, I just traded for Swift as well in, in a league that I just joined, and this is the trade I did. Raheem Mostert, Chris Godwin, and Aaron Jones was the side that I traded away. So there's a lot of names there. But I got back DeAndre Swift, two 2021 firsts, Keyshawn Vaughn, who's a play for 2021, and then Devin DuVernay, who's just a question mark. You know, he was just a throw-in. So – I think that, you know, that's a good trade for me. I can reload my team. That's an orphan that I took over. Um, I love Swift. So he's my running back start of the week. And then my running back sit of the week is going to be a Wayne Gallman versus Philadelphia. Guess who's coming back? Devontae Freeman. I don't think he is. <laughs> is he not? He's, he's, he didn't practice that. He got downgraded. Dang, man. I it's saw a good it. thing you got me on, Maddie. If yeah, it's, get, it's right here with me. That's that's why they gave me this title down here. Mm-hmm. I get to. Uh... So maybe you can start Wayne Gallman with confidence if he, if uh, Devontae Freeman's out, but you know he's still a name that I'd be hesitant about because you know Philadelphia has just been a, a decent team. You know, and this is the and they're getting healthier. Their defense is getting healthier. Their offense is getting healthier. 
Fletcher Cox was banged up at the start of the year, but continued to play through it. But he looks healthy now, and he looks like yeah. the big monster that he used to look like. So, uh, my Bowman could be a, a start, but we don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. If if Freeman's out, I'll probably start him. I have, I think I have him in you know my uh, my rebuild that Memphis had me on the contract. He's one of my running backs, and I, honestly, I might try and just move him to somebody who needs a running back this week for any future pick just to get something out of him. Cause I don't think he has any long-term dynasty value, but otherwise, you know, I'm happy to start him this week. I think he'll gobble up some targets out of that backfield. Like he has with Daniel Jones the past few weeks. Um, my sits, you know, one, one is this, it seems fairly obvious at this point. I think Joe Mixon is going to be a sit. He, I don't think he practiced today. I think that just came out. Uh, and that's a tough matchup against the Steelers defense anyway. So, you know, Bernard probably will still do well enough, especially in DFS cause he'll be cheaper you'll probably still get a return on your investment there, but I would, I would hedge my bets against that Steelers defense. And then another one that I don't know, he's probably not a sit, but I would like you to hedge your bets on or hedge uh, your expectations on this week is Dalvin cook. Mm -hmm. You already talked about, you know, that being a tough matchup for the Vikings on Monday night against the bears defense. Uh, The bears are pretty stout against the run and the pass this year. Um, so, you know, it, yeah. it just, you're not going to get the RB one overall numbers this week, probably, but there's, I, I think, you, you know, if the Vikings get down, they'll get them involved in the passing game. Like Kubiak usually does. Um, so yeah, that's what I got for you at running back. It's, I, you know, I'm looking at the games this weekend. Like there's a lot of teams where it's like that, like the Niners, the Seahawks, um, who else? Oh, like all these teams where you're like, I don't even know which of these running, like the Ravens. Like who who do we even start out of some of these bad yeah. chargers? Like, it's wild. so here's a name. Here's a group of names that I would not start this week, and it's the Miami Dolphins backfield. There stay away go. from them. I would stay away from the Chargers backfield as well. Yeah. Um, I would stay away from the maybe Philip Lindsay. I would probably stay away from him. Um, but a name that I'm starting with confidence is Zach Moss. I continue to drag this guy through the dirt. At the start of the season, I did not like Zach Moss, but this guy's continued to be productive the last three weeks or two weeks now. And I'm starting him in a couple leagues that I have him in because why not? He's been productive and I'm going to put him in against Arizona, who is not one of the better teams against the run. So I think Zach Moss could have a touchdown or two uh, Mm -hmm. in the red zone, but he's going to get some carries and he looks better than Devin Singletary has. So he's a he's my last start at running back. Love it. And what you got for us at wide wanna, receiver? Okay, wide receiver, Deontay Johnson at Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals, not a very good defensive team. They traded away Carlos Dunlap. They don't really have much going. Deontay Johnson, when he's healthy, has gotten over 10 targets a game. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a start this week, must start for me, um, as well as Chase Claypool. Uh, they're both going to eat, I think. So I would start both of them with confidence. Uh, that is my take for wide receivers. What are you going to say? Well, I got I got one in – Oddly enough, I stayed within that game. Uh, Tyler Boyd, he's gobbling up targets from Burrow. He seems to be quite the security blanket for him. And, yes, the Steelers' defense is good, but they are not necessarily great against the wide receiver as far as fantasy purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, Ins- Inside wide receivers, the inside slot wide receivers. Yes, eat the yes. Steelers. yes. and, you know, the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be, again, like they have been almost – the entire year except for uh their win against tennessee and then maybe their tie against the eagles it's gonna it should be a negative game script for them and burrows yeah. you know been throwing it roughly 40 45 times a game i think so you know i think boyd's gonna be a good piece of that offense 
Staying within that game, my wide receiver sit of the week. Temper your expectations for T. Higgins. Do not think he's going to blow up this week because they're playing the Steelers who have a great secondary uh, within the safety position, so they can cover deep shots. And, you know, T. Higgins is a great deep shot wide receiver. Tyler Boyd, like you said, is the inside wide receiver, and he's the one who's going to get the most production this week out of that game. I would temper expectations for T. Higgins unless he can break a big play, which I doubt he can against this defense because that pass rush is nasty, and they'll get to Burrow quick. For sure. Um, My next start, I'm going to go to a game where you said maybe to temper your expectations because of the wind, Jarvis Landry versus Houston. I like Jarvis Landry a lot. He's not a guy who's going to get deep shots. He's a guy who's going to get slants and over-the-middle passes, and it's windy, so you know the ball. They're not going to throw it far. So Jarvis Landry should get a lot of targets this game, and he should eat. Um, I like them against a banged-up Houston defense. Uh, Houston's not been – the best team this year, but they're getting better after they fired Bill O'Brien. I'd see Jarvis Landry probably going for about 80 yards and maybe a score, but in PPR formats, he'll have like 10 catches and 80 yards. So that's going to be like 18 points for you. So I'd be starting Jarvis Landry with confidence this week. So I'm, I'm standing that game for my sit of the week in Will Fuller uh, for Mm -hmm. basically the same, but opposite reasons. You're, uh, the same weather reasons and game script and um, lost my train of thought. Yeah, though he's a, he's a downfield guy for Watson, and I think it's going to be tough to get the downfield ball going this week. So, like you said, you know Landry is a guy close to the line of scrimmage and a bit of a security blanket for Baker probably. Whereas you know Watson likes to take shots downfield, especially to Fuller, um, and I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of that accurately this week Mm -mm. if if the weather stays true to its current word which it doesn't always do Mm -hmm. we know that and i'll give you guys a dfs bargain jerry judy at the las vegas raiders he is very cheap uh for a elite wide receiver i'm gonna call him that right now because his route running is that good um he looks filthy on tape man (laughs) he does see him bad oh my god i love that that that's like, you know, it takes me back to like the, you know, high school fight football days, like whatever he could, could do. Like, or like the fake, the fake like quarterback scramble and like fake throw, even though you're way past the line of scrimmage already. Me and my oh, yeah. buddies used to do that. Um, I love that. Yeah, I love to throw the arm up like he's going deep and just made that corner look. And then makes a um, comeback. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. I love that. Um, and so that's my DFS bargain bin for you guys at wide receiver. Do you have anyone on DFS that you want to touch on at wide receiver or should we move on to tight ends? Um, you know who I was on last week that I was wrong about, but the process was right. It was Cole Beasley. It was a mm-hmm. John Brown week. And I think John Brown, it has been limited again this week. So I think Cole Beasley could be a guy again this week. This um, man continues to show up on our show sheet. Don't do I this don't know man. Why. Start, start I don't know why. He's good, man. This guy is so underrated. And speak about underrated. Tight end position. I'm moving on to them. Let's Jimmy Graham has eight targets in the red zone. And for a tight end who's aging, you know, against the Minnesota Vikings, guess, you know, I think TJ Hawkinson had a tight end uh, touchdown against them last week. So I would see Jimmy mm-hmm. Graham getting a touchdown this week. So Jimmy Graham's a tight end that I would be starting. Um, like do you have a tight end that you'd like to start? This I don't want to touch on that former Lions, so I'll let you touch on him. 
before I go, so my DFS wide receiver, I just pulled up because I knew I had a, a cheap one uh, from from when Memphis and I chatted Wednesday night on the big bet. Jakeem Grant. Ooh. Preston like Williams out for the season, or he's uh, maybe not out for the season, but he's on the IR for the Dolphins. He looked pretty good after Williams went out. Grant, that is, looked good after Williams went out last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and this Chargers defense is atrocious. High, you know, I, I'm on the over here if it's the weather stays nice in Miami. Um, but yeah, moving ahead to tight end, Eric Ebron. Sorry, just a lion's man here. Just a lion's man. Should we bring up his athleticism, Matty? That you probably heard about every day for like four years, just waiting for that man to uh, erupt. And Do you know has. how much I wanted Aaron Donald. I was so upset we took that stinker over Aaron Donald, but I will digress my my rant there, and I'll let you continue with Eric Ebron. Yeah, um, eh, not much to say other than this. Uh, this Bengals defense is pretty much bad against everything. So I just think he, he he's uh you know, he's a nice flyer. He's a cheaper DFS options. If you're looking for a little bit of a, a dart throw with some upside, I don't know. I think he's, let's see, I'm going to filibuster for a second. As I look up his, I'll just talk about Eric Ebron. He's been used all over the field. He gets targets where, wherever they are, you know, it doesn't matter if they're inside the 20 or if, if they're playing with inside the hash marks, you know, he's going to get targets. He gets, uh, he gets targets because of the wide receivers getting open. You know, he's great for that reason. I think he's going to have a good week as well. Um, I just don't like Eric Ebron as a person. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who you got for a sit of the week then? Tight end sit of the week. I don't know. I think everybody, you know, tight ends <laughs> are just rough this year. Yeah. Um, I might get the Chargers. I think no, I a- like him as a start this week with uh, really? remember, remember what he did last year after Preston Williams went down. No, I, I, I just know that he's a freak athlete. Who's better than Ebron at athleticism. He, he went, he went off when Williams, went, but again, that was with Fitzpatrick and that wasn't mm-hmm. with Chan Gailey. So yeah, yeah, not, not a, I'm not, I just traded for Gisicki. I just traded Tyler Boyd for Gesicki in a second, so I'm hoping Gesicki has a good game. But you know, I'm nervous. I'm nervous yeah. about starting Gesicki, so that's my gut feeling. Is that that is just a little nerves when I start Gesicki this week? Um, but he'll probably have about ten points in a good game. So yeah. But um, yeah, you're you're a tight end set of the week. Yeah. So again, maybe maybe spicy, maybe not. Mark Andrews um, has not had a great year to date. Uh, regardless, you know, last week, I think we saw Nick Boyle even get involved a bit. I think, uh, Nick Boyle might, Nick Boyle is one of those guys who like, I feel like you could throw him into a lineup on any given week. If you're looking, you know, to, to turn $4 into a million, like Memphis said, like, I I feel like at one point, this guy's just going to have like three catches for two touchdowns and seven yards. And, but he's going to be dirt cheap. So you're going to put him into your DFS lineup and, you know, get all the chalky guys too. Um, but yeah, this, this Patriots defense, uh, though they're not what they've been in the past, they are still good against the tight end. And you know, if we're looking at game script here, I think the I think the Ravens are going to be able to have their way with the Patriots on the ground. And look, you know, the Ravens don't throw the ball enough to justify Andrews being like this top three tight end, especially right now. Um, so yeah, those are the reasons why I would you know be off Andrew. Andrews a little bit this week. You can count on your hands 
how many games Mark Andrews has over 60 yards. I think it's seven or six in his whole career. So, you know, it's not – he's a touchdown-dependent tight end. So, And, you know, New England takes away tight ends. They eliminate them because they just hit them off the line of scrimmage as much as possible. So I like that as a sit of the week. Um, but going to that game, I have Marquise Brown getting a long, deep shot bomb from Lamar Jackson. I have this gut feeling in me that he's going to get a touchdown and it's going to be like an 80-yard slant or something that he takes to the house. And it's going to be like, oh, my God, Hollywood Brown's back. So Hollywood Brown is one of my stars of this week. And, like uh, you know, maybe sit Lamar Jackson against New England. I don't know. But they're, they're not good. Like, New England's not a good team offensively, so Lamar Jackson could be in there a lot more, and he could have a good game. But Lamar Jackson has not been the QB, two that we thought he was this year. So I, I'm not sure that he's going to have a great game against New England at New England. It'll be interesting. Um, that That's one where I could see it going either way. I could see Baltimore getting up early with, you know, maybe maybe Lamar tosses one to Hollywood um, mm-hmm. or maybe the running backs, you know, all three of them could have a touchdown by the end of the first half. Lamar could have, you know, a very mediocre game and then they take the foot off the gas panel. If they bring it back to, you know, Baltimore of 2019 and they stay, you know, foot on the gas pedal, then, then I, I could see Lamar rushing having a big game on the ground because this Patriots defense, they talk about on the, uh, the GM shuffle a lot, how slow young and not, not athletic. This uh, Patriots defense is right now. Yeah. And that I think that Lamar Jackson, this offense, the speed of it um, will just give them a lot of trouble. Now let's touch on an injury before we sign off. Is Chris Carson going to play this week? Oh my God. doesn't matter. He's going to have a good game. If he plays. I know it does, but but the question is, will he come back and resume his full workload? Yeah, that's a big if because DJ Dallas has looked good. Um, yeah, that's all we have for you guys for the FlexCast. We gave you a quarterback, we gave you some running backs, we gave you some wide receivers and some tight ends. Do with it what you may, but mm-hmm. you know we're gonna use it and we're gonna because we wouldn't be giving you advice that we wouldn't do ourselves. So with that, we're gonna sign off and you guys have a good day. Later. Later, guys. Hey, guys. Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day to join the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. <laughs>